This is the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Badwini. Trailing by eight. Morgan out of the pocket. Morgan, deep shot, end zone, it is caught, Yaboa, Captain Morgan with a Hail Mary, 50 yards, touchdown Jets. Welcome back to the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Badwini, and this is your number one stop for all things Jets content and news. Last night at MetLife Stadium, the Jets tied the Eagles 31-31 in their final preseason game thanks to the efforts on a Hail Mary from Captain James Morgan to tight end Kenny Yaboa. And I apologize, I've been saying saying his last name wrong all summer since April and since we, uh, we picked him up out of undrafted free agency, Kenny Yaboa. Uh, I hope he hope he makes the roster after last night. He had a very impressive showing with two touchdowns, but a lot of fun last night out in MetLife Stadium. Not many starters played. The game was originally scheduled for a 7:30 kickoff, got but uh, got pushed back to 8 o'clock due to some thunderstorms and rain showers in the area. The MetLife turf was not looking too hot pre-game, but it looks like they were able to take care of it before the the players were able to take the field. So that was good. But regardless, not a lot of Jets starters played. Um, Elijah Moore and Elijah Vera Tucker were, weren't going to play, along with Mekhi Becton, who suffered a concussion in practice this week. But Wilson, who was supposed to suit up, did not play. Center Connor McGovern was supposed to suit up, did not play, along with uh, guard Greg Van Roten and wide receivers Corey Davis and Jameson Crowder. Not a lot of the defensive starters played as well. CJ Mosley might have played a couple snaps, but he was not on the field. He was not dressed. And other than that, it was mostly the bottom of the barrel. No, no disrespect to those guys, but just a uh, fact of the matter third and fourth stringers played most of the game but it, regardless it was still a lot of fun these guys were out there scrapping for you know roster spots guys like Kenny Yaboa who k- showed out last night like I said two touchdowns on like four catches played well backup quarterback Josh Johnson got his first preseason reps for the Jets since Mike White is down with that rib injury he looks pretty solid going seven for eight for 73 yards and one touchdown no interceptions Matt Amendola, who is looking more and more like our kicker going into the season, looked once again solid last night. He was one of one on a 36-yard field goal and two for two on extra points. And James Morgan, who everyone's been writing off as QB3, might not even make the roster, had a tough start to his second half, almost fumbled the game away. It was picked up and returned for a touchdown by the Eagles to give the Eagles a 31-23 lead. That is when the quote-unquote Hale Morgan happened, where he threw the 50-yard touchdown at the end of regulation to Kenny Yaboa. And unfortunately... Me and my friends had left at that point. We left, I want to say, like halfway through through the fourth quarter. As we were walking to our car, we we heard the uh, the fumble return for a touchdown. We we're like, "Oh, the game's over!" And of course, we get back and <laughs> look at the phone, and the score is thirty-one thirty-one, and we missed it. So unfortunate, but I mean, you know, it happens. The two-point conversion was good. It was a run by Josh Adams, who is making every effort to make this roster, even though he is a long shot. He just was. Every time he touches the ball, he gets positive yards. He had 12 carries for 62 yards last night. It's good for a 5.2 average a carry. All in all, just a, a good night for the Jets, I would say. They finished the preseason without a loss, going 2-0-1. and 
Robert Sala remains undefeated in New York so far going into the regular season. Speaking of going into the regular season, the Jets now have some decisions to make regarding the roster. It has to be trimmed down from 85 to 53 before the regular season starts, and I believe at this point it's pretty clear who's making the roster and who's not. On the offensive side of the ball, for quarterbacks, right now there's four on the roster. You have Wilson, of course, Mike White, who didn't play last night due to the rib injury he received in Green Bay, James Morgan, and Josh Johnson. I really think Mike White should get cut, not because I, not because of anything personal. I just think he's he's obviously the least talented of the group. I believe Josh Johnson should be QB two. He looked comfortable last night in the offense. He made some good throws. Um, he's I, I I would think he's more talented than Mike White and James Morgan. I think White gets cut and James Morgan either stays on as QB three or he gets cut and hopefully stashed on the practice squad. The running back position is a bit trickier right now. I, I mean, the three that are locks are Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter, and Ty Johnson. And then that fourth running back spot is a toss-up right now between LaMichael P. Ryan and Josh Adams. P. Ryan's apparently dealing with a foot injury right now. That's why he didn't play last night. So it's possible the Jets stash him on injured reserve and then put Josh Adams on the active roster. Then maybe when P. Ryan comes back from that injury, Adams gets either cut or moved down to practice squad and P. Ryan gets back at that RB4 role. Wide receiver is one of the, the deeper positions the Jets have on their roster right now. Locks, you know, of course, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Jameson Crowder, Keelan Cole, Denzel Mims, Vincent Smith, and Braxton Berrios. The guys in the bubble, unfortunately, showed out last night. Lawrence Cager caught a touchdown from Josh Johnson. I don't think he'll be he'll be sticking around for the 53-man roster. DJ Montgomery probably going to get cut, and Jeff Smith, who had a few nice runs last night, probably gets cut as well, unfortunately. But that's a pretty deep seven right there. Berrios and Smith are both contributors on special teams, and the rest of them are just solid NFL depth. So I think the Jets are, are set at wide receiver for now, at least for the season. At the tight end position, we have Chris Herndon, Ryan Griffin, Tyler Croft, Dan Brown, and Kenny Yaboa. I believe Griffin and Dan Brown get cut. Griffin, he's 33, 34 at this point. He's been hurt the past two years. Not much there, you know, uh, potential-wise. Dan Brown, who is a contributor on special teams, but not much else on offense. I, I really think that roster spot can go to Kenny Yaboa. He showed he can contribute on special teams throughout the preseason and also on offense last night with his four catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns. On the offensive line, the starters have been penciled in since the draft. You got Beckton at left tackle, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker at left guard, Connor McGovern at center, Greg Van Roten at right guard. And what we thought would be Morgan Moses as the uh, as the absolute starter has turned into a competition between him and George Fant, who started at right tackle last year. They've both been playing very well throughout practice and preseason and whatnot. So I'm sure we'll have some more clarity as, uh, as we get closer to the regular season of who's going to start. But at this point, either one of them could, and I'd be happy. As of right now, that's the only real thing that concerns me about the Jets' offense is the, the depth of the offensive line and having a guy like Moses or Fant sitting on the bench waiting to see if they can come in for someone who gets injured is it uh it'll definitely help help Zach Wilson sleep at night but other than that the depth on the interior is is pretty poor i would say Dan Feeney is serviceable but he was not good this preseason Corey Levin looked okay Chuma Adoga who's entering his third year in the league i believe he will make the roster as well as he's pretty solid depth so that leaves you with our nine guys on the roster who gets cut on the offensive line Connor McDermott won't get cut, but he'll be stashed on injured reserve after that leg injury in Green Bay last weekend. Jimmy Murray, David Moore, Isaiah Williams, Parker Ferguson, Grant Hermans, and Teton Saltz all 
all or, or most are undrafted free agents. So hopefully a couple of those guys will get stashed on injured reserve or not injured reserve, excuse me, the practice squad. But I would still say, regardless, a pretty solid uh, core at offensive line. Still still think we need a few more pieces on the interior just in case those starters go down. But like I said, a solid nine going into the regular season. On the defensive side of the ball, specifically the defensive line, we have John Franklin Myers, Sheldon Rankins, Quinnen Williams, Bryce Huff, Ronnie Blair, Hamilcar Rashad, Jabari Zuniga, Nathan Shepard, and Foley Fatukasi. Guys who are long shots to make the team, Aaron Adayo. Jeremiah Valawaga, Tenzel Smart, and Jonathan Marshall, who was a seventh-round pick this past April. Another guy who I didn't mention, Kyle Phillips, will most likely be stashed on injured reserve. I think he's dealing with a shoulder injury at the moment. However, these uh, these nine on the 53 could change up sometime soon, as it was reported this week that the Jets could be in the market for trading for a new defensive end after the injury to Carl Lawson. Some guys who the Jets have been linked to include Dante Fowler Jr. of the Atlanta Falcons. He's on the last year of his contract. Could be a piece the Falcons are looking to unload as they head into a new era with head coach Arthur Smith. Perhaps Chandler Jones of the Arizona Cardinals, who's also in the last year of his contract and reportedly wanted a new contract or to be traded this past offseason. So that could be something to look into. He's getting older, but still produces one of the better pass rushers in the league. And finally, uh, on the Eagles, you know, because Eagles players are always linked to Joe Douglas, Brandon Graham, who was there when Douglas probably had input on when he got drafted. So a couple of edge rushers there who aren't particularly, you know, have a high upside, but are, are proven players in this league and can contribute right away as they come in through the door. Um, my personal hope would be Dante Fowler Jr. Last year, he worked with our defensive coordinator, Jeff Ulbrich. So there's some familiarity there. I just think, uh, especially watching uh, the Jets defensive line the past two preseason games, they are really missing that that primary threat off the edge. That was Carl Lawson in game one against the Giants, that first drive with the starters. I'm sure that trade will be coming in the following weeks before the regular season. The Jets don't want to go into week one with their number one edge rusher being John Franklin Myers or Bryce Huff. So we'll see what kind of move Joe Douglas makes. At inside linebacker, we have CJ Mosley, Jamie and Sherwood, and Camillo Eifler. Camillo Eifler's getting cut. The only two inside linebackers we need on the roster are CJ Mosley and Jamie and Sherwood. I think all Jets fans are just praying that CJ Mosley can get through this season without any any injuries or any other sort of setbacks and whatnot. As for outside linebacker, right now we have Gerard Davis, Hamza Nasruddin, Blake Cashman, and Noah Dawkins. Delshawn Phillips gets cut. He didn't get too many reps in preseason, which means he's on his way out the door. Gerard Davis will most likely be stashed on injured reserve due to his ankle injury he suffered in the Green Bay game last Saturday. Green Bay, Green Bay game last Saturday, so most likely we'll be seeing Nazareel Dean and Sherwood taking those reps from him. Blake Cashman is a solid special teams contributor. Man, I'm saying everything weird today, aren't I? And he also has the ability to play inside linebacker if necessary, if, you know, any injuries at that position. Cornerback has to be the hardest position to get a gauge on here of who's going to be making the team and who's not. I think the three starters will be Bless Austin and Bryce Hall as the two outside corners and Javelin Goudry at the slot. Michael Carter the second, Brandon Eccles and Jason Pinnock, the three cornerbacks the Jets drafted in this past year's draft, will be on the roster. And the cuts include Isaiah Dunn, who was a highly coveted undrafted free agent, Lamar Jackson, who was an undrafted free agent last year, and Zane Lewis, who was also an undrafted free agent. 
I'm hoping Isaiah Dunn clears waivers and is able to come back to the Jets on the practice squad, maybe give him a year or two in development, and he can turn out to be a pretty solid player. To say the Jets have concerns at cornerback is an understatement, and I'm really hoping one of these guys is able to step up and develop quickly into, into, and become a, a reliable cornerback going forward, because if not, we're going to have some, some struggles this year, to put it lightly. I think the safety position is pretty much locked in. Marcus May, LaMarcus Joyner, and Sherrod Neesman will all make the roster. Neesman only making the roster because Ashton Davis is currently on injured reserve dealing with a foot injury. When he comes back, I'm sure he'll be taking that backup safety role. Neesman will go down to the practice squad. Uh, the other cuts include Elijah Campbell, Saquon Hampton, JT Hassel, and Bennett Jackson. Unfortunately, JT Hassel and Bennett Jackson were both really good on special teams in the preseason, but there's just no, not really any spots on the roster for them, so unfortunately they have to go. Finally, on special teams, no one's getting cut here. Uh, Matt Amendola will be the kicker going into the regular season. Braden Mann will be the punter going into the regular season. And Thomas Hennessy will be the long snapper going into the regular season. You're listening to the Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badwini. So as it looks right now, that's looking to be the 53-man roster going into week one against Carolina. You're probably thinking to yourself, Charlie, that's a that's a pretty good roster right there. Don't you think the Jets can, you know, win some games this year, maybe make a push to the playoffs? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked that, loyal listener, because right now I'm going to be giving you my NFL 2021 predictions for the AFC East and the NFC East record predictions, uh, breakdowns of each team, how they've improved, how they've declined over the offseason and how I think it's all going to land come week 18 of 2022. Please pardon any background noises. I I moved into a new dorm this week, and I have an air conditioner right next to my recording setup, so that might be any background noise you hear. Just uh, going forward, I probably should have mentioned that earlier in the episode, but let's kick things off with the AFC East. Coming in first place, I have the Buffalo Bills going 14-3. Some notable additions they had this offseason include wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, right tackle Bobby Hart. They drafted defensive end Gregory Rousseau in the first round and defensive end Carlos Basham Jr. in the second round and also invested in the O-line throughout the draft. Some notable losses include wide receiver John Brown, defensive tackle Quinton Jefferson, and tight end Tyler Croft. As much as I hate to admit it, uh, the Bills are still one of the best teams in football. They didn't lose too many pieces on either side of the ball, and they were able to upgrade at receiver, replacing John Brown with Emmanuel Sanders. And I think they have a lot of faith in their young receiving core with you know guys like Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKinney. The defensive line and pass rush was an issue last year for the Bills, but they double-dipped in the first two rounds on promising prospects in Rousseau and Basham. Rousseau is a, a physical specimen. He's like 6'6", and 240 pounds. If, if he develops into a... a, a you know, a bona fide pass rusher, he could be a, a problem in the AFC East for years to come. The only real real uh, weakness I see to the Bills is their lack of run game, but they invested in the O-line. That could improve this year, but with Josh Allen at quarterback, there's not many offensive problems you will have throughout the season. Coming in at second place in the AFC East are the Miami Dolphins going 9-8. and eight. Some notable additions for the Dolphins include wide receiver Will Fuller, defensive tackle Adam Butler, wide receiver Jalen Waddell, who they drafted in the first round out of Alabama. With their second first-round pick, they drafted defensive end Jalen Phillips and also drafted a highly touted offensive tackle prospect in Liam Eichenberg in the second round. Their notable losses include defensive tackle Davon Godshaw, quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, inside linebacker Kyle Van Noy, and center Ted Karras. The Miami Dolphins' season hinges on one player, 
second-year quarterback Tua Tungle-Viola. If Tua is able to take the next step, the Dolphins could be a serious threat in the AFC. However, I don't believe that is the case. I think Dolphins fans will continue to be embarrassed by the fact that Justin Herbert, the best quarterback in the 2020 draft class, was taking the pick directly after Tua. Regardless of the quarterback situation, the Dolphins have a fairly complete roster with the toughest nails defense and precise special teams thanks to fantastic head coach Brian Flores. I, I respect the, the hell out of Flores. He's a great coach. Although I have zero faith in Tua, the Dolphins offense, you know, they have a, a above average offensive line and run game and a couple of really good receiving threats in Devontae Parker. Will Fuller is one of the best deep threats in the game and Jalen Waddle is supposed to be a fantastic wide receiver prospect. So they definitely have some weapons. It really all just hinges on Tua, you know. I have them going 9-8, and eight, but they could be better depending how Tua plays or, or worse depending how Tua plays. So 9-8, and eight, that's my prediction for the Dolphins, second place in the AFC East. Coming in at third place, I have the 9-8 and eight New England Patriots. Their notable additions include outside linebacker Matt Judon, tight end Jonu Smith, tight end Hunter Henry, safety Jalen Mills, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, and they drafted quarterback Mac Jones in the first round and defensive tackle Christian Barmore in the second round. Some important losses for the Pats include guard Joe Thune, defensive tackle Adam Butler, and possibly cornerback Stephen Gilmore, who's currently in a contract dispute with the team and holding in, as they're calling it now. The Patriots are a year removed from their first losing season in my lifetime, since the year 2000. And Bill Belichick and company revamped and retooled the entire team to ensure it doesn't make it back-to-back. After spending a boatload of money in free agency on new, some new offensive weapons, including Nelson Aguilar and Bourne, as I mentioned before, the two new tight ends in Smith and Henry, some starters coming back on the offensive line, you know, that offense really could take a step forward. It really just depends, like, like I said before, with the Dolphins on the quarterback situation. They brought back Cam Newton on a one-year deal. He was the starter last year and was kind of average, but Mac Jones is, he has the potential to steal the starting spot from Cam Newton. I would say they both played pretty pretty well throughout preseason. Mac Jones just runs the offense better than Cam Newton. As much as Cam Newton can, you know, make plays with his legs and do all these crazy things with his physical attributes, Mac Jones can he can just throw the heck out of the football and make the right decisions when they need to. I think Cam starts the season, however, about halfway through Mac Jones will take over the team and lead them to that nine and eight record. And, you know, when you have Bill Belichick as your head coach, one of the greatest coaches in football history, the defense is going to be fine. So that's why I put them at about a middling 9-8 and eight for the season. And finally, coming in fourth place in the AFC East are the 7-10 and 10 New York Jets. Some notable additions include defensive end Carl Lawson, who unfortunately is not an addition anymore, wide receiver Corey Davis, defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins, right tackle Morgan Moses, Quarterback Zach Wilson drafted in the first round, along with guard Elijah Vera Tucker and wide receiver Elijah Moore drafted in the second round. Some notable losses include Jordan Jenkins, who was an outside linebacker, guard Pat Elfline, wide receiver Brashad Perriman, and inside linebacker Neville Hewitt. The post-Gase era officially begins in 2021 under brand new head coach Robert Saul. It's his first time as a coach in the National Football League, or excuse me, head coach. And I think the Jets are primed for a solid year. 
Unfortunately, I don't have them making the playoffs or even <laughs> finishing above anybody else in the AFC East, but I think a 7-10 and 10 record is the best we can ask for. I mean, there's nothing outstanding about this roster. All we need to see this year is development all around the team. Most importantly, from the quarterback position, you know, Zach Wilson, I think, will take some take some uh, some lumps this year. You know, every rookie goes through some some rough spots throughout their first season, but this is a, this season's all about getting the team right, figuring out who we have, and making sure that we are ready to compete in 2022. Don't worry, Jets fans. This year is I, it's not that we're going to be bad. I think we're just going to be a competitive team that's going to be fun to watch on offense and defense. Flipping over to the NFC, coming in first place in the NFC East, we have the Washington football team going 10-7. and Some additions to their team include quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, wide receiver Curtis Samuel, cornerback William Jackson, left tackle Charles Leno, linebacker Jamin Davis drafted in the first round, offensive tackle Sam Cosme drafted in the second round, and wide receiver Deami Brown drafted in the third round. Some losses for the team include cornerback Ronald Darby, right tackle Morgan Moses, and defensive end Ryan Kerrigan. The NFC East is probably the worst division in the NFL currently. It doesn't make it uninteresting, just a complete bloodbath of teams trying to fight and scrap their way to the playoffs at the end of every season. But uh, this year, in my opinion, the Washington football team are primed to have the best season of any team in this division. They have a, a top-five defense led by second-year superstar Chase Young. They brought in some cornerback help, and thanks to this defense, I really think they're going to be in every game they play just because the score is going to be so close. On offense, they revitalized themselves. They cut ties with Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins and brought in journeyman Ryan Fitzmagic to lead the offense. Washington has a solid set of offensive weapons, including Terry McLaurin, who's entering his third year in the NFL and has just been getting better every year. Curtis Samuel, who's a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy. You can line him up anywhere, and he can do damage. Deami Brown is a great wide receiver prospect who I'm a huge fan of, and the running back stable is fantastic as well, with Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick leading that group. The only real variable here is if the football team gets Fitzmagic or Fitztragic. I think they'll get a, enough of both to win the NFC East and get another home playoff game. Coming in at second place in the NFC East, we have the Dallas Cowboys going 9-8. Some notable additions for the squad include strong safety Keon O'Neill, who is changing to linebacker, actually. Safety Malik Hooker, outside linebacker Terrell Bashams, uh, linebacker Micah Parsons, who was drafted in the first round, and cornerback Kelvin Joseph, who was drafted in the second round. Some losses include cornerback Chidobe Awuze, offensive tackle Cam Irving, outside linebacker Alden Smith, and quarterback Andy Dalton. Dallas just handed quarterback Dak Prescott four years, $160 million contract, coming off of a broken ankle, and he's really the focal point of the team. When he goes down, the ship goes down. Last year, you saw that Cowboys offense was insanely potent. You know, Dak was throwing for 400 yards a game in the first few games until that, that uh, gruesome injury against the Giants in Week 5, and it looked like they were set to have a record-breaking offense until that happened. Unfortunately, not only Dak, a lot of injuries hit the offensive line, and the Cowboys are just hoping to rebound this year and hopefully recapture some of that offensive magic they've had in years past. They easily have one of the league's best offensive wide receiving cores in Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and second-year receiver CeeDee Lamb, one of the league's better offensive lines who is getting up there in age, but still solid when healthy. Um, they brought in a new defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn, who was the coach of the Falcons for the past couple of years. 
he's hoping to bring a new identity to this Dallas defense that has suffered mightily over the past couple years. They brought in, you know, guys like, like I mentioned earlier, Keanu Neal, Micah Parsons, they drafted in the first round, who will all make an impact in their first seasons in Dallas. However, I just have no faith in their head coach, Mike McCarthy. I think after this year, a 9-8 and eight disappointing middling season, Jerry Jones will be too impatient. He's looking for, looking for wins right now, and he'll fire McCarthy, and they'll be looking for another head coach going into 2022 with this talented, talented roster. Coming in third place in the NFC East is the New York Giants going 8-9. and nine. Some notable additions in the offseason include wide receiver Kenny Galladay, cornerback Adoree Jackson, running back Devontae Booker, wide receiver Kadarius Toney, who they drafted in the first round, and linebacker Aziz Ojulari, who was drafted in the second. Some notable losses include guard Kevin Zietler, defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson, and tackle Cameron Fleming. The Giants had one of the better defenses in the league last season. However, the problem wasn't defense, it was offense. They lost running back Saquon Barkley early in the season last year to a torn ACL, and he's looking to make a resurgent comeback this year as he re-enters this Giants offense. The only problem I see with the Giants offense is the offensive line. They went out and got all these great weapons for Danny Dimes. They got Kenny Galladay, drafted Tony in the first round. They have Evan Ingram at tight end. They have Sterling Shepard and Slayton. But regardless, who's going to be blocking? Who's going to be giving Daniel Jones enough time to throw, throw to these guys? Like, yeah, they drafted Andrew Thomas in the first round last year, but he was not very good. They let go of their best offensive lineman and Kevin Zeitler, who was a fantastic guard, just just cut him, let him walk. I just don't really understand the thought process here, and I think this is definitely Dave Gettleman's last season in New York as they come to a disappointing 8-9 and nine to close the season. Coming in last in the NFC East, I have the Philadelphia Eagles at 3-14. and 14. Some notable additions for the squad include free, free safety Anthony Harris, cornerback Steven Nelson, defensive end Ryan Kerrigan, wide receiver Devonta Smith, who they drafted in the first round, guard Landon Dickerson, who they drafted in the second round, and running back Kenneth Gainwell, who was drafted in the fifth round. Notable losses for the Eagles include safety Jalen Mills, wide receiver Deshaun Jackson, and defensive tackle Malik Jackson. The Eagles just fired their only Super Bowl winning head coach this past offseason in Doug Peterson, and first-time head coach Anthony Sirianni has taken the reins for this Eagles squad that is only four years removed from winning a Super Bowl, as crazy as that sounds. After unloading Carson Wentz to the Colts for a decent amount of draft capital, Jalen Hurts is set to be the starter going into week one of the regular season for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles aren't a bad team by any means, they're just really old across the offensive line and defensive line. The issue the past few years have been offensive weapons, they're trying to address that by drafting, of course, Heisman winner Devontae Smith, but other than that, there's a notable lack of weapons on the Eagles roster. However, it is my belief that the brittle and old Eagles once again lose key starters throughout the season and come crashing to a 3-14 record in the first season post-Peterson era. And those are my record predictions for the AFC and NFC East for the 2021 NFL season. Next week, we'll be paying attention to any moves the Jets make, including roster cuts and potential trades for new edge rushers or any players for that matter. And we'll be moving on to the AFC and NFC North predictions for those eight teams. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you have a great weekend. You've been listening to The Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badweaver.